0: Hi, my name is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about interest rates and inflation. Uh, They're two topics that have really been dominating the financial press over the last couple of weeks uh, and certainly bond markets have been pricing in higher inflation um, which is kind of interesting. So the markets are thinking interest rates will rise a little bit sooner than what the RBA has uh, indicated. Um, but uh, you know, it's my view that uh, inflation is uh, temporarily high um, and the markets have got it wrong. Um, and we should remind ourselves that sometimes the markets do get it wrong and popular opinion isn't always right. Uh, in fact, the bond market um, had a go at sort of predicting higher inflation uh, in February this year, um, realised it uh, it got it wrong, and the market corrected after a, a few months. And it seems like this is uh, kind of, to some extent, happening again. Uh, so before I get into it and sort of share my rationale, uh, let's uh, have a, a quick uh, economics lesson before we do that. Uh, so inflation is really just a measure of um, rising costs for goods and services, uh, and it's measured by the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Uh, and they use a basket of goods and services, the same goods and services, and it's really it's supposed to be reflective of what generally Australians are spending on. Um, and high inflation is is typically really bad for an economy because it erodes your purchasing power, uh, it increases uncertainty within the economy, and it can have some uh, negative impacts on the country's uh, currency as well, which obviously uh, impacts imports and exports. So uh, generally, um, uh, countries would like to see inflation at manageable levels. And that's one of the roles of the Reserve Bank of Australia is to manage inflation uh, inside its target band of 2 to 3% uh, per annum. So that's where it, really where it wants to see inflation sustainably. And it does that by changing interest rates, so the cash rate, the RBA cash rate, and... Um, uh, and obviously, if you increase interest rates, it takes money out of uh, consumers' pockets and uh, also uh, business and um, uh, and the government sector as well. Uh, and so spending uh, declines because obviously your interest bill is higher uh, and therefore uh, loosens off demand for goods and services and uh, and therefore we should see then prices contract. And that's the way. So low interest rates will be very stimulatory and um, and hopefully encourage people to spend more. Higher interest rates will um, work in the reverse order. Now, bond markets give us an idea about what the market thinks where interest rates are going, um, because what happens is uh, the, they'll trade the yield curve up, which means that um, interest rates in in three years, five years, ten years start to rise. Uh, and that sends a message to the market that uh, you know that generally people are thinking interest rates are on the rise at some point. Uh, but also it can have an impact on existing bonds, particularly if that bond has a fixed coupon or fixed interest rate. Uh, if if um, and it's a relatively low interest rate and people think interest rates are rising then the value of that bond will fall because it's less attractive right because it's got a low interest rate and that's what's been happening in the bond market really since August uh, is that yield curves have been um, bidded upwards uh, and it's put pressure on uh, the pool of existing bonds. Uh, So let's have a look at inflation. You know, the inflation was released by the Australian Bureau of Statistics uh, last week. It uh, came in at 3% for the year ended uh, September 2021, um, which is obviously certainly the top end of the RBA's band. So if you just look at that headline rate, you'd say, okay, we've got some... Uh, we've got some concerns about where inflation is going. Um, it, ironically, it was less than expected. Uh, the market was expecting uh, uh, 3.1%. Uh, and the reading uh, last quarter was uh, 38 So it's a little bit lower than that. Uh, so what I wanted to do is have a look at um, what what's happened over the last year to cause higher inflation. Because in September 2020... Uh, the inflation rate was around about 1%, or just less than 1%, in fact. Uh, and so now, you know, a year later, it's 3%. And really, there's five categories of goods and services that have contributed to that rise. Uh, and, and these categories have risen by more than 2% over the past year. Uh, and they are transport, uh, furnishings, uh, health, alcohol and tobacco, that's one category, and then recreation. Uh, So, if we have a look at sort of each of those categories in turn, uh, well, transport's risen by the most. uh, And that's not surprising because this time last year, uh, oil was trading at $40 a barrel, which was ridiculously low. Um, Obviously, the world was locked down at that stage, Uh, no one was traveling. So, demand for for oil was very low and the price reflected that. Um, At the moment, it's currently trading at low 80s, uh, $80 a barrel. Uh, so the price of oil has doubled and, of course, that's uh, had a, a contributory effect to the Australia's inflation rate. Uh, the next category is furnishings. Uh, so co- cost of furnishing has been um, elevated. Uh, so that's furniture, of course. Um, uh, for two things. Uh, firstly, unusually high demand. Uh, people in lockdown have been upgrading their furniture, obviously, uh, and then disruption to supply chain. So, uh, you know, p- people are willing to pay more to get the furniture now uh, rather than wait uh, a few months. Uh, alcohol and tobacco was really driven, that sector uh, was really driven by tobacco. Uh, and that's really mainly due to a, an increase in government uh, excise and customs duty last year. Uh, And then health, Uh, the main driver in health was health insurance premiums. Uh, You know, anyone that has health insurance knows that they uh, increase every year, uh, which is nice. Uh, And recreation and culture, which is the last category, uh, mainly driven by domestic travel and accommodation. Obviously, uh, given the international borders have been closed, the only way Australians can holiday is domestically. So it's not surprising to see uh, price increases in that category. Um, so if you have a look at that, really, what what what's, uh, the, are those factors going to repeat themselves? You know, h- how much furniture do you need to buy? Um, oil's almost certainly not going to double over the next year. Um, there's probably not going to be any excise increases in tobacco. Um, health insurance premiums will continue to rise. I'm sure that's true. Uh, and now that international borders are opening, uh, maybe that'll take a little bit of pressure off the uh, recreation and travel Um, And really, there's a number of factors that have contributed to all these price increases, uh, and most of them are temporary. In fact, almost all of them are temporary. Uh, And so therefore, um, when we make a decision around that inflation reading, um, the RBA really needs to think, is it temporary or or is it sort of permanent? Um, or repeatable uh, and therefore because that, that's what the RBA will then consider when um, deciding whether to increase interest rates. Uh, and so and it's also been well documented there's other sort of sectors of the market uh, uh, used cars are, are higher you know in terms of uh, prices and so forth and you know there's lots of little stories I guess going around and um, there's a few there's a few uh, reasons for that and really three I can think of. Um, that they will have an impact on either temporary or permanent on on the inflation rate. The first one is supply chain uh, disruptions. uh, And the price of shipping has been well documented. You know, it's through the roof. It's three times, four times higher uh, than what it usually is. Caused by a a few different things. Um, Obviously, uh, an unusual demand for goods, uh, stevedoring uh, strikes, container shortages, truck shortages. They can't get the containers off the... Uh, out of the port and so forth. Uh, all these things are, uh, uh, aren't really um, insurmountable. I mean, they're, uh, uh, they're going to be relatively easy to solve, I think. It'll just take a little bit of time to solve them. Um, uh, the second thing is unusually high demand for durable goods, and that's really globally, but particularly in the US. Um, uh, so that could include things like uh, cars, furniture, household goods, you know, those sorts of things, Uh, spending has been abnormally high. Well, um, it's probably entirely possible, or I would say likely, uh, that whilst uh, spending on durable goods has been unusually high during the pandemic, it's probably going to have a couple of years where it's going to be unusually low as well, once things open up uh, and spending patterns return relatively to normal. Uh, You know, I think that'll take the pressures off those categories uh, and lastly, savings. Uh, because we have all been locked up for an extended period of time, particularly in Melbourne, uh, people have been Australians have been saving more. And and since March uh, 2020, when the pandemic began, uh, Australian uh, deposits uh, at banks, of course, uh, have increased by 140 billion dollars, which is almost twice the amount. Uh, that's usual so really there's 70 billion of extra savings uh, that at some point might be pumped back into the economy and obviously that's going to uh, probably create some inflationary pre- uh, pressures in some sectors of the, the market also now for all the commentators that um, uh, suggest that inflation is too high and the RBA should make some movements in terms of interest rates uh, the most compelling factor that I consider is our in- uh, incomes. Um, it's, it's, it's very difficult to see how an economy can have sustainable, sustainably high prices if, he, if they don't also have higher incomes, because um, if my income's not increasing as a consumer, how can I afford to keep paying higher and higher prices? It's just not possible, uh, and the wage inflation uh, index uh, is well below 2%. Uh, and that's really what the RBA is saying is we really want to see some uh, wage inflation, some rising incomes, uh, because that's when we know that the inflation, underlying inflation uh, will continue to rise. Uh, and it's a good opportunity, I think, uh, in this uh, low rate enviro- environment to try and stimulate the labour market to get some uh, increase or rising incomes, uh, particularly for Australians, and particularly for lower income earners that have been uh, impacted to a much greater extent through uh, through COVID. Uh, well, uh, the RBA's wage growth index is, as I said, well below 2% um, and it's not even looked like it. it's, it's moving. So um, hard to really see how uh, longer-term inflation can uh, remain at elevated levels. I was most surprised to read a, a piece in the Australian Financial Review over the weekend uh, by a bond trader called uh, Chris Joy. Uh, and he forecasted that a 1% in increase in interest rates would lead to a 15 to 25% fall in property prices. Uh, so, of course, I was very surprised to read that. And I've followed Chris for many years and always found his commentary to be very insightful. And a lot of his forecasts uh, tend to be very, very accurate. So, of course, um, it really grabbed my attention when I read it. Uh, However, on this occasion, I couldn't be less agreeable to his uh, forecast. Um, And interestingly enough, as I uh, uh, riffed about last week in this podcast, uh, how it seems like every year there's a high-profile commentator that that predicts a property market crash, and maybe it's Chris's turn. It was just ironic that uh, I had mentioned that the week before. Uh, but what I did is I had a look at um, household debts uh, and had a look at their uh, interest bill at the moment um, and then uh, worked out what the household interest bill would be if interest rates rose by 1% and then 2%. Um, and what that will tell us is how sensitive are Australian households to interest rate increases? Could one percent a 1% rise really have um, a material impact on household budgets and um, and, and potentially really uh, Called the property market. Well, uh, you'll see a uh, a link to the chart in the show notes, and of course, there's uh, the the charts on the, the website. Uh, but you can see uh, very clearly that a one percent um, increase uh, would be very affordable, uh, and uh, a two percent you know certainly might put pressure on budgets. But one percent is is very affordable. Um, and there's a few other things to consider when starting to read uh, predictions like that. And normally I wouldn't give it much credence, but as I said, uh, Chris Joy tends to be uh, well. He's uh, he's right a lot more than he is wrong anyway, which is um, is rare for forecasters. Uh, well, the first comment I would say is that uh, any new borrowers have had their affordability tested at about five and a half percent. I mean, if you go to a bank. And apply for a new loan. They're going to make sure that uh, you're not going to be under pressure if interest rates rise by one or two percent. Uh, in fact, that you can afford it uh, when interest rates, or if interest rates, uh, are three or more percent higher than what they are today. Uh, the second observation I have with respect to the property market is that uh, most of the activity uh, through the last year has been for own occupiers, not investors, and that's important because only own occupiers. Um, aren't trying to speculate on a market. Uh, they're, they're making a lifestyle decision, uh, and uh, which tends to um, uh, tends to be a bit more robust. Uh, and so, own occupiers will uh, do everything possible before they'll sell their home. Uh, so they'll reduce expenditure, discretionary expenditure, whatever. Uh, whereas investors uh, a little bit more speculative and um, easier for them to exit the market because it's not their home uh, they can just go and sell the investment property uh, and lastly you know credit is still very tight uh so anyone that's borrowed over the last five years uh almost certainly will not experience uh, any difficulties if interest rates rise by one percent um, unless their situation has changed of course. Uh, so um, I really don't give a lot of credence to uh, Chris Joy's uh, forecast. I think the property market will uh, will be fine and will continue to perform well. And I think it's important to remind ourselves of the context of the most recent uh, rises in the property market. You know, if you have a look at average growth over the last five to 10 years, it's been below the long-term average. Uh, You know, over the last five years, Melbourne's uh, median house price has increased by just shy of uh, 7%, uh, Sydney by about 6.5%, and Brisbane by under 5%. Uh, now, that's a median house price to June uh, 2021. Of course, there's areas and markets and types of properties that have increased by a lot more than that, um, but when we get concerned really about property prices, it really should be reflected in the median house price rather than just anecdotal evidence because, you know, that there hasn't been a lot of properties really for sale over the last uh, 12 months, uh, particularly in markets in New South Wales and um, in Sydney, I should say, and, and Melbourne. So what will happen to interest rates then? And I think that's probably the million dollar question. Uh, Well, I don't think the RBA is going to increase interest rates because they're worried about inflation, uh, because uh, interest rates aren't really going to help uh, all the factors that have driven the inflation higher. It's not really off the back solely of uh, increased demand from consumers. Uh, So uh, raising interest rates isn't going to uh, help in that area. Of course, interest rates are really low at the moment. Uh, That's stating the obvious. They're really in expansionary settings, uh, and they will need to be pulled back into line at some point uh, to a sort of neutral uh, setting, and uh, we don't really know. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what that neutral setting is. I think it's lower than um, what it used to be, at least uh, pre-pandemic, mainly because, uh, or at least five years ago even, uh, mainly because of the increase in debt. Um, anecdotally, I think the neutral level, so that's an interest rate level where it's not um, stimulating the economy or contracting the economy, uh, it will be somewhere in the range of 4 to 5%, I think. So um, we need to get back to that level at some point. You know, we can't um, create an addiction to low interest rates, uh, but I don't think we're going to see that uh, for uh, some time, maybe not until the end of 2023 or 2024, which is what the RBA has said, of course, uh, they're going to keep a really close eye on uh, wage inflation. Uh, there are other two, two really other important observations uh, that I should point out. The first one is that government debt is very, very high, and I'm sure the government will be most interested in keeping a lid on um, interest rates, uh, particularly as the federal government approaches $1 trillion of debt. Uh, and uh, a rise in interest rates is not going to uh, serve their uh, budget deficit very well. And uh, as a as a politically sensitive issue, uh, I, I think uh, there'll be some pressure from uh, politicians there. Uh, and so it, although, of course, the RBA is independent, uh, wink, wink. Um, And secondly, um, lower income earners. Lower income earners have been impacted to a much greater extent through the pandemic than higher income earners. In fact, on on the whole, higher income earners are in a better financial position uh, now than pre-pandemic. That's not true for lower income earners. So if we increase interest rates... Um, you know the impact uh, it's it's least affordable um by lower income earners and they've already had to sort of weather that storm so um interest rates uh, a bit of a blunt instrument uh, you know it can impact uh, some people adversely that, that you uh, don't hope or or plan to but um i think it it'll be on the rba's uh, mind so i don't think interest rates will change next year 2022 probably sometime in 2023. Um, But I think they'll be relatively cautious. Um, I don't think they're going to tick up by a huge margin, 1% to 2%, I would imagine, over a a period of months. But of course, uh, as we've been taught over the last 18 months, uh, anything can change and it can change very quickly. Okay, so that's it for me for today. Uh, Until next week, bye for now.